Thank you, Lord. It's a small house as well, just you didn't add that. Uh, um, I just want to say thank you to Cian for that. You know, I'm sure all the Bible school teachers here, it makes it so worthwhile. It's so good. The only thing I have to tell him, it's not finished. You've got two more terms. <laughs> didn't read the brochure. <laughs> But it's a blessing, you know, it's, it's wonderful to see that. And you know, I'll just add something about it. When John, when he first started, John was sort of a bit like his father. Um, he said, I've got this, this lad, and he, he, you know, he needs to come to Bible school, keep an eye on him. And we were on Zoom and things, a bit difficult. Anyway, <laughs> um, he, I noticed for a while he wasn't on the register, the, the attendance, so... So I better ring him. And I phoned and I said, you haven't seen you. Is everything okay? You know what he said? Um, I work in the evening. I sanitize offering offices. I do it afterwards. So he does a day's work and an evening's work. And then he does it. So he's with it. And he didn't miss a trick. He, he went to all of it. So we just applaud him for faithfulness in Jesus' name. So thank you, Lord. So today I just felt to share this word on we are co-workers with Christ. I can, oh, I can see a clock. Not that John worries too much about clocks. No. I do. <laughs> we're, co- <laughs> we're co-workers with Christ. In 1 Corinthians 3.9 it says we are God's fellow workers. We, long, we work along with him. And just since the summer this this, this revelation or this idea that God works along with us has been coming to me more and more strongly. And it's just amazing when you think about it. Almighty God, the great God Jehovah, has, has chosen to work with us. He doesn't need to. He's sovereign. I mean, I remember looking all this stuff up at one point that, you know, God created the universe with a word. He parted the Red Sea with a sneeze, it said, with the blast of his nostrils. But you know, he created the universe, which is expanding, and man's telescopes can't get to the end of it. They just see a bit of it. But you know, just to say this, this is the God who indwells you and me. The universe has 100 to 200 billion galaxies, and each galaxy can contain from a hundred billion to a hundred trillion stars. Now that's our God, okay? And that's as far as they can see. Now, if you look at 1 Psalm 147, verse 8, I just want you to get the, you know, the notion of the awesomeness of our God and how the fact he's chosen to work with us is amazing. I mean, it's, it's awesome. In Psalm 147, verse 8, it says, He heals the brokenhearted, and he binds up their wounds. So, you know, if you've got that situation today, there you are. And then the next line, He counts the number of the stars, and he calls them all by name. Now, that's not our few little stars out there. That is all those stars. He calls them all by name. God is infinite. He's amazing. And we are privileged and honored to belong to him. And he lives on the inside of us. How could we have a problem? You know, he's in here. So this amazing God loves us. It says he loves us as much as he loves Jesus. I remember the day I read that. I, I just, I, my heart exploded. You know, that's incredible. And yet he says 
In, in the, the Gospel of Matthew, he said, every hair of your head is counted. That's everybody in the world. So we're talking an amazing being, and yet this scripture tells us he heals the broken heart. This is the two sides of him. He, he knows our every pain. He knows our every heartache. He knows our every confusion, our everything that's going on. God knows, and he wants to fix it. You know, and I believe many people, will, you know, in the, the moment you know, Joanna was sharing, I do believe you receive your healing, because that's his heart's desire. He, know, he knows everything about us. You know, in Psalm 8, verse 3, this is a, a beautiful psalm of David, and he is expressing the same wonder as we do when we think of God. This is David, who was a man after God's own heart, although he made many blunders, he sinned quite a bit. But God loved him because he was a worshiper. And also he was obedient. And you notice when he did something wrong, he immediately repented. He just loved God. You can see him in the hillside singing his worship songs. He wrote, so, I mean, I think it was more than half the Psalms. He was a worshiper. And when he's, he's talking about this in a Psalm. He says, when I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? He says, how can you love us with our weaknesses and our faults and our failings? Realize that no matter where you are today, no matter what you've done or what you're struggling, he loves you. Nothing will stop him loving you. And this is what he's saying. What is man that you're mindful? How is it that you, and that you visit him? Now, he's taught, this is the Genesis story that he's referring to. God was to come every day and fellowship with Adam and Eve, and then the rest of humanity it was meant to be. Visit them and talk to them and love them and encourage them. He wanted a family, and he also, at that point, he came to mentor them. He, what he did was he created this amazing earth, and then he just handed it to them, not to own, but to run, to manage and he was to come down every day and tell them how to do it. That's what he is to us. He worked with man then and he works with man now. God never changes his plan. Malachi, I am the Lord, I, I am God, I do not change. His plan is still to visit us and show us and help us how to live the daily life. And as we know, they broke covenant. He made a covenant with them. It wasn't just, here's the earth, Go and look after it and see how you get on. It was a covenant. It was a contract. They broke it. He didn't. He still has that plan to covenant with us. He still has the plan to get a family on earth, and he did it. He went through hoops, and we read it through the Bible. He brought Jesus Christ, another man. A man threw it all away. A man, in the covenant legal terms, had to get it back. He brought the man, Jesus Christ, and he sorted all things back. We are now back with God. We are reconciled with God. He paid the covenant price of death, the death penalty to get back. And we are now back in the same situation as God working with us, ruling the earth and our own little earth, our own little garden, our own situation. You know, but he has, he has a job for us to do as regards the earth. So, you know, when you look at this word, we're co-workers with Christ. In this era, we have an incredible job. We are the end time race. In the book of Acts, the people started, they started the church. We are the ones, I believe, 
are going to see it out. Maybe some of us won't, I don't know. But it's the, it's, it's the same intense persecution kind of era. And the thing you learn from God doing this, he's the God of the second chance. He's the God who never gives up. If you've blown it, he'll give you another chance and he'll give you another chance. The disciples said, how many times do we, do we, we forgive and how many times do we repent? They said, oh, seven, seven times? He said, no, 70, 70 times seven, just endlessly endlessly he's a god of the of he 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 just gives us everything we need but he forgives us every time now if you look at matthew 28 18 i just want us to get a revelation today that that original plan is still in force when jesus was about to leave after having died paid the death penalty reconciled god with man and he got the devil's authority back we as the church have authority over this earth and we need to see what's going on dealt with we're not going to push it away because there is an end time program but we can protect ourselves we can make a difference and we can deal with the devil in our own areas okay so in Matthew 28 18 Jesus speaks to his men I find it fascinating God gave Adam an assignment and thousands of years later God said okay here we go again all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth that's Jesus speaking you go now go ye he delegated it to the men he said I want you to run this world now and look what he says in heaven and earth therefore make disciples of all nations it's world God is into world domination bring heaven to earth he's saying you know bring the kingdom so make disciples of all kingdom of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father and the son and the Holy Spirit that's exactly what he said to Adam have dominion over all the earth over the everything you are the rulers you are the managers in fact he said in Psalm 8 he crowned them with glory he crowned them with honor you know that bit where he said what is man that you visit him you know it's the same we are the same people you know he said you have made him to dominion over the earth we have it you know we have it over our own over our own lives, over our own family, but some Christians have got much wider, wider dominion than that. And if you look at um, Matthew, um, sorry, are we, Mark 16, Mark 16, go into all the world, this is Jesus at the same point, preach the gospel to every creature, take over the world like I wanted initially. You are my family and I will help you. I will work with you. But Mark is interesting. It says, go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who, he who believes and baptized will be saved. Those who do not believe will be condemned. And then he said, my name, you will cast out demons. You will speak with new tongues. You will lay hands on the sick and they recover. Now look at this verse, verse 20. And they went out and preached everywhere. What did they do? They did it. We must just say, okay, God, we're going to do it. He preached and they went out and preached the word. Now look at this. The Lord working with them. That's what we're talking about today. And confirming the word through the accompanying signs. What did they do? They went and preached what Jesus preached. And as soon as they did that in faith and obedience, the word the Lord started to work miracles with them what is a miracle a miracle is a little bit of heaven coming to the earth heaven is a miraculous place when we see miracles we sang about it this morning that's when heaven becomes visible it becomes tangible and people 
are set free and other people are attracted. So this is again, this is the commission. I'll work with you, I'll work through you. So realize you have a call in this end time. You have got a specific thing that God has asked you to do, but he won't leave you to do it alone. He's, he will be in you and he will, you know, he will achieve it through you. And isn't it interesting in the Lord's prayer, what did Jesus say? Your will be done. But what, this is exactly what he was saying to Adam. Thy kingdom come, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what he said to Adam. God never changes. So, you know, he keeps going. So this is our job now. The king and Jesus, do you remember Jesus kept saying, the kingdom of heaven's like this. This is what it's like up there. This is what it's like. This is what you're to do. So this is our job. So what is our job? Just to believe and obey. Believe and obey. It's not. And then he takes the, he does the, the difficult stuff. And you know, I just went through a few scriptures of how God wants this oneness, cultivate this oneness with him. You know, in the garden before he was arrested, he prayed, let them be one as father, let them be one, these men, meaning us as well. Let them be one just like you and I are. Let them be in us and us in you, a oneness. We are one with God. We have a unity of the spirit. It's by the Holy Spirit. And that's in that verse also. It says he loves us as much as he loves Jesus. You know, and like, if you look at some of these verses, Romans 8, 29, this is the passion. The son, this is Jesus, is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters. We're God's kids. We're royalty. It says we're kings and priests. And we have a task for our father. The other one I thought was interesting. And since we are joined to Christ, we, are all, we inherit all that he is. We have the same spiritual DNA as Jesus. We have the same life in us. Now we have a soul that's in our spirit. We have a soul that needs cleaning up. Cian is a wonderful example of a soul that has been cleaned up. His spirit was made brand new. The minute he gave his life to the Lord, he's Christ in him. Jesus Christ was in him like he was sitting in there. But his soul needed a bit of work. And that's our job. We need to cooperate with the Lord on that. So we are joined to Christ. We inherit all that he is. And we possess all that he has. Our inheritance in Christ is incredible. And we need to meditate on it. I feel I need to do it so much more. Ephesians 1.3. He's given us every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. That's everything you could possibly need. People say, oh, that's when you get to heaven. We don't need deliverance in heaven. We don't need healing in heaven. That's all here we need it. And the other scripture, I think, is no, never go through a lesson without saying this one. 2 Peter 1, 3. Listen to this and get your socks blessed off. His divine power, that's the power that was wrought on the cross, that what Jesus did has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Everything you need to function as a natural human being in your job, your marriage, your kids, your health, that's the natural stuff. All things that pertain to life and godliness, your spiritual life. Everything has been given to us already. Pastor John was pre preaching on, the, on New Year's Eve about ask. That word ask is not, please, please, please. It's ask with the knowledge that you're going to get it. It's demand it as you're right, not aggressively. Ask and you will receive. In Mark 11, it said, whatsoever thing you desire or ask, 
believe you have received it and you'll have it. The, the translation of received is take, obtain, take possession because it's yours. You know, if you've got something in the house that's yours, you just take it. You don't go and ask. If you go to the bank and draw out money and you've got it in the account, you don't go and plead with the teller to give you it or pray before the ATM and say, will it come? No, it's there. Take it. It's yours. Take it. Ask means knowing you'll get it. It's like asking a parent. You know, you, you, get, you, know, you give to your children. So we just need to receive that. That's what Jesus has done for us. There's another scripture, um, it says in Ephesians 2 verse 6, Ephesians is a wonderful chap, um, book or letter for telling us all these things. It says, he has raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ. Jesus Christ, once he rose, took the highest place in the universe next to his father. He is seated in authority over the earth, which he has now to get delegated to us. And we are seated in heavenly place. If you feel a low self-image or you can't do this or you can't do that or somebody, you have authority seated in the heavenly places with Christ and you speak the word and you take that authority. You don't go bossing people, but you know, you deal with situations of low self-esteem and fear and so on. You have authority because you're seated in Christ. You're in him up there in Jesus' name. So know, know, that, know who you are in Christ. And the other one in Ephesians is Ephesians 2 verse 10. Listen to this and get excited. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Now that completely squashes the thing that we may have been brought up with. You have to earn everything. Earn your salvation. Earn God's love. Earn his attention. No. We are God's workmanship means masterpiece. It's actually the word in the Greek, poema. You are his poem. He loves you. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. The first creation failed due to man's failure and getting into, you know, obeying Satan, he did it again. God did the creation all over again. In 2 Corinthians 5, it says, you know, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. When you're born again, you are completely brand new. And it says the past is gone. Now, Kian has learned that because, you know, we know we've seen his past on Facebook. We know, we know that's gone. That's as if it never happened. And you know, in Jeremiah 31, God says, in that day, I will forgive their iniquities and their sins. I will remember no more. He didn't say I'll forget them. I choose to forget. So when we, you know, once we're born again and spirit filled, we are a new creature, a new creation in Christ. And now we are one with Christ so he can work with us. He couldn't work with us before. Now, there's two scriptures that we all know, which show you once again how he works with us. He has chosen. Remember, Pastor Paul kept saying, God said, I can do anything. That's true. He can do absolutely anything. But he has chosen to limit himself to work with us and through us. It says in John 15, 5, without me, Jesus said to his disciples, and he says it to us, Without me, you can do nothing. But in Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ. Christ working with us through strengthens me. 
So if there's anything you have a problem with at the moment, you can do it. If it's difficult at work, if it's difficult in your marriage, if it's difficult in your health, he, you can do it through Christ who strengthens you. That means to give you power. You know, you know in the Lord's Prayer, we call it the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father, thine, thine in the old days, yours is the power. What's well, that's it. Ours is the faith. All, it's our synergy with him. He has the power. We have the faith and the two working together. I won't say bingo, that's wrong. <laughs> that's when it works, okay? So we need to get into knowing his power and we have to give him faith. And then the, the thing also in Ephesians 2.10, it says, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus, which God has, sorry, for good works, which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Everybody sitting in this room has a God plan. It was written, if you read Psalm 139, it said, all the days fashioned for me were recorded or written in your book before there were any of them. Everybody sitting here and anybody in the world has a God plan carefully written. Isn't that an honor? God and the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit took time to write a plan for you. Now, lots of us didn't really do much about it until we got born again and even then. But we have a God plan in this era. You were born at such a time as this. As I said one day, I said, Lord, why am I in this era? It's awful with all the bugs and masks and stuff. But I heard him say, for such a time as this, he's chosen us. He knew you could make it, but we have him in us. He works with us. And his, he has a great plan. We know from Jeremiah, it says his plan is for peace and not disaster. God has a good plan for all of us. And he did it, you know, it's his plan. Jesus had a plan to redeem mankind. We have a plan. Well, we just need to stay close to him. There's a plan that's for all of us to preach and to teach and to share the word. Then he has a specific plan for you, who you'll marry and where you'll go and what's your job and all that kind of thing. So our part is really trust and obedience. And it says the son can do nothing of himself. Jesus modeled, he became a man, and he, he actually had to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He left the major power, the big power behind. And he, role, he gave us a role model. This is the way we live. We follow this. The son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do for whatever he does, the son also does. Speak what God says. Speak this word. Get this word in you so that you're speaking not, not, oh, I feel terrible, or, oh, I think I'm going to die, or I can't stand this woman I'm living. Don't talk like that. We have to talk according to the word of God. Always speak according when you've got something going on. And sometimes it's not easy. We all sometimes let it slip. Don't say anything that contradicts the word of God, okay? Never say anything contrary to that word. Even if you think it, don't say it. That's when it gets birthed. Shut up is what the best. <laughs> so, anyway, Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. In other words, I just do what this says. The second thing he said, I have not spoken on my own authority, but the father who sent me gives me a sent me a command what I should say and what I should speak. This is Jesus who you know, became a man for us, came out of the Godhead and lived the life we should live. By trust, faith, obedience, doing what God does and, doing, and speaking what God says. And you know, another wonderful example. 
wonderful example of someone who was so obedient was Jesus' mother. Now, God needed her. He didn't go and find some woman, and godly woman, and impart, put a, an embryo in her womb. He went to Mary, and he, he gave her a message from the, an angel, and he, he, gave her, he told her what the angel told her, what God's plan was. Mary could have said no. Mary could have had, she had a choice. She could have said, well, no way. This is, I mean, after she, she said, well, how? You know, once they go over the biological question, then she could have said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged to Joseph. It'll break his heart and my family will be put to disgrace and I could be stoned. I'm sorry. No, no, just move on. Find somebody else. But she didn't. She, I mean, it was amazing. What did she say? Let it be unto me according to your word. You know, if we said that every day of our lives, it's almost enough. Let me live the word. Let me live what the word says. Let me do what the word of God says. You know, it was, it was her obedience. She had faith and obedience. As I said, she, she you know, she, she just, and he said, she also said, I am your maidservant. What does that mean? I yield to you. So that's the obedience. Give, give ourselves to God. You know, in this era, we need to give ourselves to God. We really need him. We can't live out in this stuff now on our own. We need him. We really need his wisdom. We need his, his power. We need his confidence. It would be very easy to get depressed and down and, and ratty with everyone. I have to, you know, I find, you know, we really have to stand in faith. But she was amazing. She said, you know, I am your maidservant. I yield to this. I accept this. And let it be unto me according to your word. She other said something else later on at the wedding feast. What did she say? Do whatever he tells you. Mary said two fantastic things. We need to do what she said. You know, I mean, I'm not preaching Mary today, but she was a very good example of a woman who worked with God. And look what happened. We are here today because of her obedience, okay? So, we are people who have to, you know, we have to walk in faith and obedience. And you might say, well, oh gosh, my faith's not great. I don't know. I, I have doubts and I have fears and I have a low self-image and I don't always hear God. And, um, oh my goodness, it can seem overwhelming. Well, the answer lies in Romans 12, 1 and 2. So, let's look at that. Romans 12, 1, verses 1 and 2. Um, I, um, I think the translation, the New Living Translation is very good for this. Romans 12, and this is exactly what Cian did. It's to renew your mind. So I'll read the, the first verse of it. It's, this is the Romans 12, renewing your mind. And so, dear brothers and sisters, that's us. Now, this is God speaking to you today. I plead with you. To give your bodies to God because of all that he's done for you. That's like Mary. Here I am, Lord. I give you me. I give you me and everything that pertains to me. I just yield to you. Make a commitment, okay? So, and it says, you know, because of all he's done for you. You know, in the other, the, the New King James, it said, give your bodies as a living sacrifice. The people of this time were used to dead sacrifices, you know, at the altar, the Old Testament he says, no, you give him yourself. That's the best thing. And it said it's reasonable. It's only reasonable. It's only fair for what Jesus did for you that you should just give your body. It's not like what he had to go through. And then it says, this is truly the way to worship him. 
This is the way to honor God. Give him your life. Don't now. These are the two things in renewing your mind that you have to do. It's quite simple. Well, it's not simple in the doing. It's simple in the hearing how to do it. The first one is don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. When we get born again, it is very, very important that you make an active decision to get away from the things of the world that are negative. I mean, you don't you know, stop going to the shops, but you know, you don't go back to the pub. You, some friends you have to get rid of. We don't keep on drinking. And there's something that I really feel to say, and then John and I were talking about the other day, how many Christians are, Christians are living together outside of marriage? Now, we're not trying to spoil your fun, but God's moral laws never changed. His legalistic things, hand washing, all this stuff from the Jews, you know, there was a lot of legal, legal things because they were an unredeemed people. They needed, a lot of, they needed a lot of regulations. We are different. We have Christ on the inside of us. We have the temple of the Spirit. But if you are living with someone who is not your wife, I would advise you to sort that out. I'm not meddling. Do whatever it takes. Leave or get married because it's a sin it's a major sin because we are joining our body to Christ he said we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and we are we are in a position of danger the devil has an open door and he loves it okay so I'm just saying that for do not be conformed to this world and what I'm saying we find a lot of people don't know it's so common now it's, it's, it's kind of the, the norm. It is not, it's still not God's way. So anything that you're doing now, sometimes things take a while. If you've got an addiction and that's not putting condemnation on anyone, we just repent and get help as long as you're trying. But say, oh, well, I'll still drink a few beers. It doesn't matter if I get drunk. If you're in the process of trying, if you like, with the help of the Holy Spirit, God will love you, continue to help you. But if you neglect that, we need to keep our hearts pure. So do not be, don't live like the world anymore. And the second thing it says, let God transform you into a new person. Now I can say a key in, would you say that was it? Transform you into a new person, unrecognizable. A new person by changing the way you think. Your mind, you know, you say to people, you are what you eat, and it might be this size, and you say, well, I agree. But it's, we, are the, we are what we think, okay? We aren't what we eat, we can be, but we are what we think, because what you think, you will say, and what you say, you will do. It starts in the thoughts, whatever's in your soul. So renewing your mind, now if you look at the beginning of that verse, it says, so dear brethren, I plead with you, I don't think there's anywhere in the Bible that God tells us to do something by saying, I beg you. Why is he saying it's so important? If you don't change your thinking, you're stuck. I remember years ago, I was having all sorts of problems. I was just, just couldn't, I couldn't, I was always doing the wrong thing. And I said, God, am I demon possessed? I didn't know what was going on. And I heard, I, the first time I heard him, a little voice said, no, you need your mind renewed. And I thought, well, that's a relief. You know, it was, it was better than the other option. But you know, it says in Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. So we need to change our thinking. And I'm just so pleased to sort of have Kian as an example this morning. So how do we do that? We get the word in our heart. 
It says, get rid of your old stinking thinking, okay? Get rid of the old mindsets. I used to think abortion was okay. I didn't know what it was, you know. I used to think all the, I just I had no idea. You, you know, you just suddenly get all this revelation of things that you used to accept. I mean, that was a long, long time ago. I didn't know. I didn't know anything, really. So get rid of our old mindsets and opinions. And you know what re renew your mind means? It's renovate. Have you ever ha I'm about to have my house renovated, and I'm still wondering if I should. But it's torn apart. It's torn to shreds, and everything's made new. That's what they to do. It's renovation. Get your mind changed. Get rid of the old junk. And you know what happens if you look at John 8, 31, Jesus said, abide in my word, that's know it, read it, meditate on it, swallow it, speak it, abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Okay, it's the truth that will set you free if your heart is open, and that's where God works with us. He worked, the minute he loves that, you know, I, somebody preached the other day and said, a renewed mind is the devil's greatest nightmare. Because once you get to know who you are in Christ, you are a child of God with tremendous power. You have a destiny, you have a plan. There's so much that we have. Once you know that, and then you, you realize the devil is defeated. He doesn't have an armor. Jesus stripped him of his armor. We're armored. We've got the armor of God. We, you know, we, we're the ones who have authority over him. <clears throat> so a renewed mind is powerful. A renewed mind is areas of your mind where the revelation knowledge of God is dwelling. The places that are not renewed, there is still darkness, so you need to get rid of them. We need to, you know, we, and we will work at this till the day we die with God. You know, it's... It's not an instant thing, but we need, to, we need to start. So we begin to think like God. We act like God, and then we flow with God. Now, if you look at the end of that scripture, and um, I was reading in Romans, it says, you will become a new person by changing the way you think. Now, this is important. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good pleasing and perfect what's that his plan you will not know the plan of God for your life until you start to tune into the word because you won't think like him you won't flow with him it brings you how do you get to know God his word it's like when you meet someone you're going to marry you get engaged and you how do you get to know each other conversation the word of God is our conversation with him we get to know how he thinks and we start to tune in and he starts to lead us in a direction. If we don't get our minds renewed, we can't. So the renewed mind is so, so important. And that's why, you know, Cian was saying about Bible school. God puts teachers in the church specifically. You know, people say, oh, I read my Bible. Well, that's good. We all do. But God has put teachers in the church for that specific reason. You know, as a man that I love to listen to over the years is Kenneth Hagan. And he's passed away now. He died in his mid-80s. For about 65 years, he studied on faith and healing. He had a lot to tell us. He was a teacher. I didn't have to spend 60 years on faith and healing, but he did. A lot of these people have really researched things. And what they have spent hours and days and years, you can get it in a few hours. That's what teaching does for you. It, 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 you know, you get everything, the, the cumulative knowledge of these people. But you, you know, even in Bible school, what we have learned, we can pass on to you. We've probably been through the same 
hells you have and they say well this is the way I got out of it it saves you having to spend weeks and days wondering what can I do say well look if you do this and you do that and you do that it's all about that it's an acceleration of, of following God's plan you know so you know you have that plan and there's no other plan on this earth that will satisfy but it's to realize I thought today they were reading this the singing the battle is the Lord's when you're in a fight it's God's battle you know it's not just your battle he's in it with you he's on the inside of you so you know we really need I'm just going to encourage you now because there's one scripture I just want to finish with it talks in Ephesians 1 22 um, he put all things under his feet this is Jesus God put everything under his feet Jesus has the authority he's given it to us and he gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body, that's you and I. That word is ecclesia, the body, you hear that a lot now because the church has to rise, the ecclesia has to start rising up and deal with a lot of the stuff that's going on. You are the body of Christ, we are the body of Christ. Jesus Christ still walks the earth today in a human body, yours and mine. He's still around, he came and sat there, he's still around. Jesus Christ is working through us but if we know nothing, if we don't understand what he's talking about, if we don't know his heart, he can't work successfully with us. So realize that we, and then it says the fullness of him who fills all in all. We are filled to overflowing. The more you know him, the more, the more of him takes over your life. And you become more and more walking Jesuses around the place. You know, it's exciting. So I would agree with Cian. If you haven't done Bibles, this is not a long advert for Bible school, but I'm just saying, <laughs> renewing the mind is the answer to all your problems. And you know, if you haven't done it, I would suggest you do. You know, I mean, I know there are people watching out there, but you know, it's, it's online. We have had people from England. We've got people this time looking to come from Portugal, not come, come on from Portugal and all sorts of places. You know, the word of God is our life. It is the sword of the spirit. It's the living word that feeds us. Your spirit man will grow, your power, your anointing will grow. And that soul, which is full of junk, well, I know mine was, junk will, will start to get cleaned up, will start to get renovated. And you will be a force to reckon with. And you will know a joy and you'll have a peace because you're working with God. He's longing for us. That's why he said, please, I beg of you, please, I'm not forcing you. I gave you free will. It's your choice. So, you know, make that choice. I would suggest you do. It's one and a bit hours a day. So, uh, you know, a day, sorry, once a week. And, you know, it, we record it so you can listen to it another time. You know, we, we make it easy. So can I encourage all of you? And I just, I just want to say, when we hear a testimony like Cian's, it really makes it all worthwhile. I'm sure the, the girls down there would agree. It does, you know, because sometimes people come and say, oh, I'm tired on a something night. And I say, well, okay. You know, but he, he, he was probably tired after his day's work. So, you know, be another trophy of grace like he is. And I hope to see, I believe to see, a lot of applications is on the website. So in Jesus' name, let's just, I'm going to hand over to John for the salvation message. Just John, if you'd come up. We just thank you, Jesus. I just ask you to stir every heart here. Every heart 
to get into your word. So this church is going to be a powerful church in this nation, in this city. Let's all nations church be one that has an effect on governments and all the things that are happening, laws that are coming and constrictions and all this kind of stuff, that we will have a voice and we will be protected from evil in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord.